time to play ball. Welcome to the podcast with no limits. Whether it be sports, current events, or random thoughts, this is the place to step in and stay a while. Your host is a proud alumnus of Rio Hondo Prep, a former minor league baseball umpire, and a man with strong opinions. Welcome to the Get Home Safe podcast and your host, Matt Persima. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Get Home Safe. It is Wednesday morning when you guys are listening to this. Well, it's Tuesday morning for me as I like to record a day early so that it's ready. You can post it, schedule it. Uh, guys, you know, uh, usually talk about random sports topics on uh, Wednesdays now that Bill Barnes is gone. You know, offer up some opinions on maybe some current events uh, in life and such. But today, I got to be honest, the only thing on my mind is Real Hondo Prep Football. And so uh, there's going to be a lot more of that topic today. Uh, my thoughts on the game. You know, I've been nervous about a few things in my life. Uh, my first driving test. Yes, I said my first driving test. Uh, <laughs> failed the first time. Went too slow in a school zone where kids were not present. So the guy docked. I tried to be extra safe and I, I, it wasn't good enough. So um Almost is not good enough, right? Uh, anyway, my first driving test, the second one I felt a little better, in, but my parents still made me take the test in a stick shift. How evil is that? But I did it. I was very proud of the, that fact. Again, not about me today, uh, but my, my driving tests, we'll say, both of them. Um, a few first dates, a little nervous, got to be honest. The Rams in the Super Bowl, um, very nervous. Uh, those, those handful of times that are three times that, have, that I've witnessed. Uh, I've been nervous about a, f- a few things, some big tests in school, definitely from some classes. I didn't know if I'd pass or not. Uh, and almost every day of college, just because it was so hard to balance everything. But I don't know that I've been more nervous than I am for Friday night uh, for the real Hondo prep playoff game against Charter Oak High School. Not nervous in the sense that um, I-, I don't think the boys are up for the challenge and that they, that they can't win. I'm just nervous. I often am this way. I, I don't know always how to control my emotions um, when big events occur. It's funny coming from a former official when I was refereeing, umpiring, you know, I would be a wreck before games and you'd have to, especially when you're working like the plate in a playoff game or something, and you'd have to manage those emotions. And then just as soon as you walk out on that field, have this confidence. Well, I don't get to do that with Friday night. I have no control of the game, zero. I'm just going to be an observer. And um, I'm just so excited for for the kids. I know they understand how important this game is on Friday night, because to me, it's, again, it's more than just a playoff game. It's more than just a game against a local school. It is an opportunity of a lifetime. It is an opportunity of that Almost every single Real Hondo prep football player from the past uh, would just, uh, you know, salivate over. And it's an opportunity to put the program on the map. And again, I'm nervous. I don't want to get any players or coaches nervous. Just talking to fans here. Um, This is more nervous than I've been in a long time. And um, maybe that's just me, paranoia, anxiety. I have a lot of that in my life anyway. But I was, I've been thinking about this game now for a few days and just what it would mean, what it would mean to, to take down one of the best consistent teams in the area. Charter Oak is a perennial power, a consistent program over the years, multiple CIF titles. Real Hondo Prep has had great success as well. Some would argue, well, that's small schools football. They could never compete with the, the regular guys, you know, even though they've, defeated Arcadia in the past before they uh, destroyed a Royal high school. They have played, uh, you know, other local public schools, some very good private schools as well. Um, Salesian mission prep come to mind. Those are no slouches by any means, but to play a football game of this magnitude on this level, a playoff game, mind you in division seven, um, the, the planets just aligned perfectly for this opportunity. And I'm not sitting here saying if the Cares lose on Friday night that it will be a failure by any means. It's not. We're not putting all this pressure on the kids. They have to win. We want them to win. 
we want them to win. We want them to play well. But I know that around 9, 30, 10 o'clock on Friday night, we're going to be proud of those guys no matter what happens. I'm confident in that. That I'm not nervous about. I know that we're going to get a superior effort from every single one of those players. Every one of those coaches. Nobody wants it more than those guys. And this, uh, this alumni sitting here behind this microphone is just uh, a nervous wreck. I used to say something about, so I, I was always been a huge sports fan, you know, Rams, Lakers, Dodgers, you know, and, you know, uh, it's Cal State Fuller and baseball, just a, a huge sports fan. And I lived and died with every game, every pitch, every moment. And when I got into officiating, my attitude changed quite a bit. It wasn't about wins and losses. It was about the game itself. And when my teams would lose playoff games or just be upset and just, you know, terrible losses that would normally hurt me, I had found peace. And I'd always tell myself, hey, even out loud, hey, this is why this is why I officiate. I officiate so that I don't have to care about the outcome. I don't have to wear that anymore, wear it on my sleeves. And um, but but now this resurgence kind of the past uh I don't know, 10 years or so with Rio Hondo football specifically, you know, that is something that is my true love, true passion. Um, my Rams are seven and one. I've seen them in three Super Bowls, lose two of them, win one. God bless you, Mike Jones, for the tackle at the one yard line. Uh, but there's nothing like seeing Rio Hondo prep make a playoff run. And I feel almost like the Super Bowl is right now. This is, they got Charter Oak in the first round. Say the Cares win and they do advance. It's going to be more drama next week and the week after. But to play the Charter Oak Chargers in the opening round at Charter Oak, right around the corner from Wingate Park, we talked about it on Sunday with the episodes we released on Sunday and Monday. I mean, you can't pump this game up enough. And I'm going to say it. I've thought about it. I've, I've thought about championship games and rivalry games. This is the biggest game in real Honda prep history. There's no doubt about it. You don't have to agree with me. That is my opinion. Um, I thought in 2012 when Rio played Arcadia, that was a huge statement, a big step up, step up game for the program, and they destroyed Arcadia. All right. Arcadia at one time was, was very good. Not really been the, the program that they were in the past. Charter Oak has been incredibly stable. They get a lot of good athletes uh, in the area that, that end up there at Charter Oak. Um, just consistent football program. Always in the hunt, really for league titles and uh, playoff runs, incredible program, uh, just nothing but respect for them over the years. Similar to like Glendora basketball, what that has been over the years. Many CIF titles, uh, incredible teams and players. Um, so Charter Oak football, I mean, you got Bishop Amat, they're usually division one, but outside of that, Charter Oak football has really been the staple program. So you're not just playing Northview or Covina West Covina, you're playing one of the premier programs in the area, especially for us guys out in the East. When, when we were kids, when we were junior high, high school, even, you know, afterwards, all you ever heard about was Charter Oak football. A lot of kids from care went to Charter Oak football. That's uh, make no mistake about it. That is, um, that has, has been the stable. I would argue more kids from care youth league have played football at Charter Oak or Charter Oak has probably had the most care youth league members of any team anywhere i would are over the years there, there have been some great players at south hills uh some players out in the, out in the west have gone to uh i don't know places like monrovia maybe or whatever but charter oak has been the consistent program not only in the area but a place where where kids have gone from care youth league so uh, i haven't been more nervous in a long time I, i'm just very nervous i want friday to get here i want rio to play well i know they will um, I've seen Charter Oak on film a little bit. They look like a typical Charter Oak team. Good size, great speed. They rally to the ball, well coached. This is not going to be a 2012 Arcadia situation. This will not be a 2019 Arroyo situation. Charter Oak is not only a public school, not only a, um, a local school, with a great tradition they're one of the best in the area one of the most consistent for sure so 
I can't believe Rio Hondo is going to be on the same field with them. That is no knock on Rio at all. It is just a tremendous opportunity and something that uh, has been a dream for me. I have often, every time I've driven by that field, every time I've stepped on that field, the man would be great if Rio Hondo played here someday. The, the, the comparisons I have to it, we play, it's, it's nowhere near the same thing. But when we went 11 man our senior year in 20 in 2002, it's still probably the fa- my favorite game I've ever played in because there was so much lo- local flair to it. The, the local kids, uh, we played Western Christian, who was much better back then. Uh, they actually had a decent program today. They're, they're kind of not, not very good, but um, they were pretty good back then. We played the game at Citrus College. So it was cool for me being a kid from Glendora who was going to end up going to Citrus College. We had been at Citrus for circuses and stuff. Um, and to play on that field, they still had grass at the time. And in the third quarter, maybe the fourth quarter, it started pouring rain. And I mean pouring rain. And it's still my favorite football game I ever played in. We, we beat Western Christian. That was our first, like, staple win in 11-man. We beat Hamilton week one, like a 12-7 game. No one had even heard of Hamilton. And then they ended up beating Rio in the finals in 2004. Um, we got blown out by Arrowhead Christian, who was at the time one of the top small schools programs. And then uh, it was kind of put up or shut up time. Like, hey, is this 11-man thing a re- real thing, real deal? And we played Western Christian, who, again, was pretty good at the time. Uh, Joe Wellman was on that team, uh, who, who was our classmate up until then, transferred to senior year. Troy Doolittle, who was on the, the Covina Tigers uh, all throughout all throughout Care Youth League. I played against him. Uh, Emmanuel Moody, I think, big kid from the, was it the Cardinals? I can't remember, but ton of care guys, a lot of care guys. And we went up against them. And Western Christian is in no way Charter Oak. Uh, I mean, they, they may have been in the same school district or whatever, but that was just... It, it's when I saw the, the, the matchup that was, I kind of went back to that game, but the real Hondo prep players, this team way better than the team in O2 way better. And uh, the team they're playing is way better than that Western Christian team back in 2002. So uh, it was, ju- I just wanted to share that with you kind of my favorite game of all time, uh, regular season. Anyway, uh, later in the program today, I have something special for you guys. I put together a list. I know people like lists and top tens and everything. I am going to share with you in the next few minutes here. I'm going to share with you my top 10 favorite, I should say favorite, but just memorable Real Hondo Prep playoff moments. Uh, I put together a list here. These are games I witnessed or I guess have seen, we'll say. Uh, one of them was on camera. Uh, I was on tape. I wasn't there, obviously, but uh, you'll see what I mean here. And I'm sure I'll stir up some alumni here from the 80s and the 90s who are like, wait, what about this game? What about that game? I'm like, I didn't see it. So I am going to talk to you guys, uh, with share with you uh, 10 playoff games um, over the years that I have witnessed that to me um, sum up real Hondo football, sum up um, just all those 14 CIF championships. Some of them are championship games. Some of them aren't. So I'm going to share that with you uh, here briefly. Uh, I also, as you guys know, on Wednesdays, I kind of just random about some things. I'll take a break from the real Hondo thing for a second. Uh, last week, I got some good feedback with, uh, you know, my, my Costco NASCAR rant, uh, some of my Uber driving stories. And there's a couple things that have happened to me kind of this last week that I did want to share with you guys. And like I said, we'll bounce around. I will talk more real Hondo football, but I'm, I'm so nervous. I'm so worked up over this that, uh, I need, I need a breather. I need, I need a breather more coffee, of course, as always. Anyway, um, a couple things that happened uh, to me this week is, um, you know, I've talked often about celebrating too early. Have you seen the? Have you seen that guy that carries the ball? He's excited, and he gets to about the two yard line, and he'll drop the ball or he'll start high step and get a penalty, right? But usually, it's the guy that drops the ball right before he scores. That's that's the one everyone's like, "You're an idiot. Why would you do that? You know, your emotions got the best of you." And I had a situation, I won't go into details, but I celebrated at the one yard line and I heard some news that I thought was official. And I, if I've learned anything in this life, I've learned that nothing's official until it's official, right? Um, the, the Rio versus Poly game in the Rose Bowl, 
it was talked about for months. It was like, it's not official until we're actually there. And sure enough, it was canceled like a few days before the, the game was going to be played. So I was all bummed. I hate, if there's anything I hate in life, it's just, I hate um, having expectations and then having them kind of ripped from you. Like I would much rather, how do I say this? Not, not lose. I won't go there, but uh, I hate kind of being let down, like having something told to you that's going to happen or what it could be anything. And then it just not happened. Oh, never mind. I hate the, Oh, never mind. Like I, I don't tell me good news and then say, Oh, wait, never mind. I would not even, I don't even need to hear the potential good news. So I celebrated a little early at the one yard line, started getting happy. And then I found out within an hour or two, uh, basically a mistake had been made uh, or there was some confusion. So lesson learned from me. Um, sometimes you want to share good news with people just because, you know, good things aren't always, uh, you know, always there. So when they are there, you want to, you want to jump on it. Right. But I celebrated a little early and, uh, it was, it was a bummer. It was a bummer, but it's not to say that it can happen again. I'm kind of inside the 10 yard line with this situation, uh, already. So we'll see what happens, but sometimes, yeah you see that goal line, you start to celebrate and you get caught from behind or you, you, you know, you drop the ball too early or I don't know, run through the goal line, run through it until the referee hand raises his hand. You look around, there's no flags. Okay. This actually counts. Then, uh, you know, then it is official. It's like, okay, now I can be happy. Now I can be happy. But, uh, that's why I get like a lot of anxiety, anxious, like nervous about the future because it's uncertain until it's official. I'm going to worry about it. That's probably a Hersema man thing because I know the other two Hersema uh, men in my life, my brother, and my dad are similar. I think I'm, I'm probably the worst though. So anyway, don't celebrate at the one yard line guys, get through the end zone, hand the ball to the ref and kick that extra point. Um, you know, people are creatures of habit uh, passenger. I pick up these Uber passengers, right. And I drive them. And so say the, the ride's 10 miles, get in the car, I'm driving, following the GPS, I swear when you get to about that last mile or half a mile, you, you, you follow the GPS the whole way there and people like want to take over and like, Hey, Hey, turn here. Hey, it's right up here on the left. I'm like, yeah, you can see the map too, right? Like it's telling you where to go. Or the, the funniest one is when you don't go the exact same direction that people are used to. They like start to freak out. Hyperventer. You remember when people used to take you home maybe, and they wouldn't go down the road that, that you would go, you get a ride from someone and, and they, they get to where you needed to be, but you, you either turn down the first street instead of the third street, it gets you to the same place. But some people, they, they freak out, start having a, you know panic attacks for some of those. Like, no, 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 this isn't the way I go. And it's like, oh, well, I don't know the way you go. I know the way the GPS is telling me. I've ranted about this before, but uh, just wanted to share that with you. Um, some people just, they are creatures of habit. This is the way I go. And then the other people, like they don't trust the last half mile of the GPS. Like it's going to malfunction or something. They're like, yeah, yeah, it's up here on the left right here. You know, I'm not saying like, as you're slowing down, they're like, they take over and start directing you, which is funny. It's like the first nine miles of the trip I, I, were just fine. Right. <laughs> if I made a wrong turn or something, then I, then I absolutely deserve it. Um, Okay, there's there's a group of people in this world who who they just there's no energy, there's no effort, there's no who are these people? Who are the people that go 30 miles an hour in a 40? As an example, who who goes 30 in a 40? Especially in the fast lane. Get out of the way. I got road rage. I know I'm on the road all day. I shouldn't be saying this. It's not always when I'm in the, the big truck, it's usually when I'm in my car. There's a group of people in this wor world who just have no urgency in their lives. They probably get uh, Amazon, Amazon orders every day. They probably get uh, Postmates, you know, three meals a day. They're just like, ah, I got nowhere to be. No big deal. Like, why would you want to go? I just don't understand. Why, do, why would you want to go that slow? I'm not saying go 10 over. Well, let's go about around the speed limit. If, if, if cars are flying by you, maybe you're in the wrong here. I do go too fast sometimes. I'll admit it. But have you seen these people? And you go past them and if you got to look. You got, who are you? What, you got, I hurt my neck all the time as I pass people. So I'm just like, who are you? Who, which, 
which person ruined has ruined my day the last eight seconds. And sometimes it's people reclining, just like not a care in the world. Some people are glued to the wind, you know, to the steering wheel. I'm like, okay, it's probably their first time ever driving. And some people are screwing around on their phones. People are, uh, you know, having a conversation. I'm like, you can talk to the person in the seat and still, I, I, I shouldn't be talking this long about this, but don't be the guy that goes 30 and a 40. Come on, let's, let's pick it up people. Urgency, just a little, just a little bit of urgency. This is Southern California places to go people to see. I, I don't know how people get anywhere on time anymore with the traffic and, and people just randomly going 10, 15 miles under the speed limit. Oh, okay. Uh, Patience is important. This is one of the last. I'll, I'll go to back to the real hundo stuff. Uh, well, no, I got a few more things. Patience is important. And, you know, I, I was I was on my way to where I had like one more ride to do. So I, I was I pulled over and I'm waiting for this passenger. And I'm thinking to myself, where is he? Where is he? Come on, dude. What? Like there's a clock going. And so I think I even called. I called and said, dude, where are you? And the clock's going down to zero. I'm like, all right, I, I'm taking off. This is a cancellation. And I'm looking like I don't see anybody. And so I, I, I pull around, I look over my shoulder and I see this guy, he's kind of behind a car. He's not making himself very visible. And I'm like, what in the world? So I, I whip over and I immediately see the white cane and all that anger and emotion and frustration immediately went to Matt, you're a jerk. You're an idiot. You never know what someone's going through in their day. You know, you know, you never know what you're dealing with. You need to have more patience in your life. Cause I realized I was picking up a blind guy who was standing, you know, on the, at a spot that he usually stands and I just couldn't see him. Uh, he was kind of between cars and he couldn't really make himself visible because he didn't know I was there. So I had to, I wheeled around and it was just one of those moments in life where you catch yourself, you catch yourself having the wrong attitude and uh, you know, say maybe God, God threw that to me and been like, Hey, you need to chill out a little bit and realize there's other people in this world other than you. So uh, definitely a moment of clarity of my conscience, you know, look, look for that white cane. Sometimes guys look for that white cane. You never know um, who you're dealing with and not just someone who's, you know, who's blind, but someone who's having a rough day. And that, that is something that I definitely take with me when I'm out uh, doing rideshare driving for, for extra money is that, you know, you see a lot of different types of people, people that are happy, people that are struggling. And uh, it, it has been eye-opening too. And it's, it's made me really appreciate the things that, that I do and the things that I have. Okay. I posted this on Facebook load management. You know what? I don't, I don't like, or watch the NBA. I don't support it. I don't know. No, 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 no. I, I could care less about it. But one thing they throw out load management, right? We can't have our athletes that we pay $40 million a year to, we can't have them play. 82 games that is that is criminal and so i heard this five six games into the nba season they got guys on load management well he's just resting today can you imagine this at work can you imagine calling your boss hey look at uh i i i need off today sure sure you, you're not feeling well you you know got you got a funeral to go to or something no 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 just load management i want to i want to be better for you uh later into the work season later into look at it's, it's America. You can call in uh, call out of work for any reason, I guess. But this whole concept of multimillionaires uh, having to sit out because if you have an injury, fine, fine. I think if you're injured, maybe you should have to miss multiple games just to prove that like you are injured. Maybe that should be the penalty, but, uh, or maybe lose some money that way there's, there's reason to stay healthy. Right. Um, but the, you know, when guys make $40 million a year, you see a guy perfectly healthy sitting on a bench Again, I don't watch basketball. This is all hearsay, uh, especially when most of America is still struggling. I know a lot of people aren't working or whatever, but that doesn't sit well with me. Load management, load management, unbelievable. Uh, my parents worked for however many years. Uh, I'm sure they never called in for load management. Hey, I just need a day off. You know what? Uh, uh, I, I can't, I can't, uh, you know, I'm not mentally there or my body needs a rest or whatever, like Maybe I'm overreacting and maybe people do that and just say, Hey, I need, I need a day. We all need a day off. I get it. But you're not playing every single day. NBA guys, it's usually every other day and you're being well compensated for it. I think with $40 million a year. Yeah. You probably don't need too many days off. I'm just saying, even if you make $20 million a year and plus you got the whole off season thing, like pretty much for five months or whatever, you're not playing basketball. Maybe those are your off days. Just a thought. 
I think the old school players of the past are rolling over in their graves. Like, what? What do you mean you're taking the day off? Day off? There's a game tonight. Anyway, try that. Try that, guys. Try try calling into work and say, hey, I load management. I need the day off. Um, let me see. People afraid to commit. I'll save that one. Ran into uh, some more of that. But anyway, let's get to some real Hondo topics here. And now that I've vented about some of my uh, nonsense, you guys know that you got you to deal with me here on, on uh, Wednesdays now. Monday's Real Hondo prep shows. Um, don't even get me started. Maybe next week uh, I'll be more patient and I'll dive into the whole uh, bullpens wanting to be renamed to arm barms, arm barn. I can't even say that. That's ridiculous. But anyway, I'll, I'll get into that stuff maybe next week just because uh, I don't want to take away from the Real Hondo football conversation here even though it's just me guys, just me. It's a monologue, I guess. Um, okay. First of all, some big news for the game on Friday night, my good friend, Todd Carson, brother of the head coach, Mark Carson. He is putting together some orders right now, excuse me, to, uh, basically sell some shirts at the football game Friday night. Well, excuse me, not at the game Friday night. Uh, he's going to be selling shirts uh commemorating this game he's getting them made right now charter rope first real hondo um it'll say something on the front something on the back he's working on them right now but he wanted me to do kind of a, the following psa for you guys uh quote there will be a commemorative t-shirt for sale for the game friday check the get home safe social media sites for details on how to get yours so i will post as soon as i get links or whatever from todd I will post that uh, so that you guys know where to go. I have nothing to do with the sales, so uh, don't hit me up necessarily. But Todd is selling these shirts pre-sale. Wall supplies last, of course. They'll probably go quick. Uh, Buy your shirt online uh, with Todd, and then he'll have it for you uh, at the game, or uh, he can arrange it, you know, arrange it with him to pick it up, mail it, whatever. Um, but anyway, I'm just a messenger guys. I'm just a messenger on that. I will post some, uh, some links of, of how to do that, but I figured you guys would be interested in that. Uh, this will be out Wednesday. So it's only two days before the game, but I'm sure, um, Todd will make it happen. So he's working on that right now as we speak. And, uh, I have a, a little list for you guys. I have a list right now of the 10 most memorable playoff games in Rio Hondo history. But uh, as always, first, I need a, another cup of coffee here, but uh, I do have a great list for you. Um, and, and keep in mind, most of it is recent history, like the past 20, 25 years. But there is a game on here that, again, I was not at, but I definitely have seen a few times that I will chat about. So uh, let me grab some coffee and then I will be right with you to talk about my 10 most memorable RHP football playoff moments. Okay, top 10 moments in playoff history at Rio Hondo Prep. Again, this is just from my eyes. Don't get mad at me. Uh, John Lee, Jeff Fairley, uh, you know, uh, Todd Carson, any of you guys who have, I'm sure, some memories of your own. This is just some memories for me. Uh, Again, these are not regular season games. These are playoff moments for me that I remember watching. I was either really happy, really sad, just some upsets, some big games, uh, top 10 uh, playoff moments in RHP history. And I'm hoping this Friday night we can add a big one to the list, maybe push it towards the top. Even I would say these are in no order really, but they kind of are, I'm going to start actually at the bottom uh, and three, the, the, I put these three at the bottom because they were three losses, right? They could still be memorable uh, if a game was a loss. So number 10, I have the 1995 championship game against Antelope Valley Christian, the infamous head slap game, the phantom head slap game, we should say. Uh, Rio Hondo Prep had not won a title since 1990 and was poised to do so with a great group of guys in uh, 1995, led by senior uh, Andy Chang uh, as a quarterback, I believe. Who else was on uh, other seniors on that team? I should have had this ready to go. Uh, But uh, anyway, I was at that game. That was not the first CIF championship game I ever went to, but the first real Hondo prep championship game I ever went to. And the cares came up short that night. Uh, unfortunately, 28 to 26. Uh, I remember it being really back and forth, just an incredible, incredible football game from a young age, just like falling in love with the real Hondo program uh, right then and there. So uh let me see oh by the years here we go here we go uh i guess it's not on here but 1995 uh came up two points short um real hondo thought they had antelope valley christian stopped late in the game unfortunately 
a questionable call at best. And uh, the seniors did not uh, get to raise the blue trophy that year. However, uh, that game did propel the juniors, the sophomores, even the freshmen on that game, on that team, to then win three straight CIF championships in 96, in 97, and 98. And I have to say that I think a lot of it had to do with that tough loss in 1995. It was never close again uh, after that. They had a lot of blowouts in championship games. But uh, I do remember that game at Carefield, uh, 1995. Unfortunately, Real Honda loses to Antelope Valley Christian, 28 to 26. At number nine on my list, the first CIF championship game in Real Hondo's 11-man era at Hamilton High School up in Anza. It's not the end of the world, but you can see it from there. Very cold night in the middle of the desert. Um, Hamilton was undefeated. I believe Rio had one loss. I could be wrong. One, no, one loss sounds right. Uh, anyway, led by seniors, Landon Goodwill, uh, Dan Pastor, AJ Corsini, Gabe Perez. Uh, I'm sure I'll, Andrew Garcia, Tom Bragger. I'm sure I'll forget a name in there. Carlos Ortega, some really uh, great uh, football players. Fred Monteblanco, my, my, my buddy, my pal, one of the most underrated football players in RHP history, I think, in Fred Monteblanco, strong safety and uh, makeshift offensive lineman, a dude that would play with uh, broken fingers, cutting casts off his, his arm so that he could play in the game. Just a tough football player. Um, Real Hondo Prep went to Hamilton on a cold night in December, uh, failed to score a point, lost 13 to nothing to a Hamilton team. That was led by uh, all CF running back, David Quinones. Uh, they were just a better team that night. The Bobcats were, and uh, it was interesting. The very first 11 man regular season game uh, Rio ever played was in 20, 2002 against Hamilton. I know it wasn't the first 11 man game. There had been games against uh, Malibu and I think Campbell hall, even in the past uh, when we were eight man, we played Flint Ridge prep, but this was the first regular season game. Uh, the 11-man era, we'll say, was when uh, my senior year, we went up to Hamilton, won that game, like 12-7, I think. And then it was a few years later where Rio lost a CIF championship game in a very cold night up there in Anza, 2004. Hamilton wins 13 to nothing. Again, a sad memory. Uh, tough to cares. Couldn't get in the end zone that night. The emotions of the, of the seniors and all the players, really, in that game afterwards. The alma mater, a very sad sight. A lot of heads hung hung low there, a lot of tears. But you know what? Uh, that was an incredible season, an incredible run. And I remember that game like it was yesterday. My brother was a junior on the team. Um, but for those seniors, that was that was the big opportunity and the, the first really big step up for Rio to get to the finals in, in a few short years of coming of, of 11 man after starting 11 man in 2002. And getting to the CIF finals in 2004, that was just huge for the program. It really took us up to a, a new level and said, you know what? Going to 11, man, was the right decision. And uh, we're off and running. Okay, the final loss on my list. I put the three losses at the back here so that uh, you guys, uh, you know, we could talk about better days. But in 2009 against Linfield Christian, the game was played at Covina District Field, a home game for Rio Hondo. Um, Linfield brought a lot of fans. I guess they needed a better venue. And Mark Carson was an assistant at this time. I think he talked coach drain into, Hey, what about Covina district field? It's not too far away. It's a great like neutral venue, the old Covina district field before it was remodeled a few years ago. And just a, a big moment for guys like me, guys like Mark, again, guys in the East, I'd gone to a ton of games there as a kid watching my cousins play uh, at Northview high school, my entire family, is went to Northview high school. So that was a special night. Um, a very good team there that year, a senior class, uh, Cody Cal, JT Parker, Chris Yamas, uh, I'm trying to remember everybody, but a uh, uh, great, great team there in 2009 uh, played a tough Linfield team and it was pouring rain. Most of the day at the beginning of the game, Covina district field was a mud bowl uh, a fun game to be at in the stands. There wasn't much scoring because the ball was slippery. It's tough to get to traction, but it was that way for both teams. Um, Real Hondo lost that night, nine to six. I want to say maybe it was nine to three. I should know this, but um, I do not. So uh, a tough loss again in 2009. Um, Rio finished 13 and one that year after going 13 and zero in the regular season. Uh, but uh, so that was a bummer. 
but uh, Rio had had uh, the CIF championship the year before in 2008 and unfortunately lost in 2009. But hey, that's life. That is life. You win some, you lose some. And those are three championship games that I remember in the 11-man era. Well, 95 was the eight-man era. But those are three games I remember in the CIF championship, I should say, that Rio fell just short in. And if you think about those losses, Ham- Hamilton was a weird like 13 to nothing because I think it was like 7 nothing like that entire game. And Rio just couldn't get it, get it in the end zone, but lose two points to Antelope Valley Christian and to lose by three points or at least one score to Linfield Christian in 09 tells you just how intense those games were back and forth. Okay, let's go to some victories now. Number seven, uh, Boron in 2008. It wasn't a championship game, but Boron at the time was either undefeated or ranked number one in the division. And Rio Hondo Prep went on the road. And again, a very cold, cold uh, desert night. And they upset boron i don't think it was the semifinals maybe in the second round but they upset the the Boron. i think they're the bobcats too um something about desert schools uh, they upset boron and boron was just rolling putting up all kinds of points 40 50 points a game running the heck out of the ball and rio went up there and upset him in a very close game i was there uh freezing up in the stands but rio was victorious over boron and that kind of started the rivalry really uh rio beating boron and they wanted to play every year so that's kind of why they have played over the years, but it started with a big upset of uh, Boron back in 2008 in the playoffs. Uh, number six, St. Margaret's in 2005 semifinals. Now St. Margaret's was a spread team. Um, they had recently, I think been in a state championship game, even under Harry Welsh, Harry Walsh, Harry Walsh. And, uh, or maybe it was after that he took over. Anyway, St. Margaret's was a very good program in the small school division down in San Juan Capistrano, putting up all kinds of points. And in the semifinals, again, after that 2004 championship game against Hamilton, St. Margaret's uh, came to Carefield. And wouldn't you know it, the rains came. The rains came. It was a very wet uh, day. And that passing offense of St. Margaret's was slowed down by an amazing real Hondo defense led by uh, Mike Galvan, Kirk Coulter, uh, just to name a few, Pete Amundsen, Edwin Ixta, um, you know, Will Tarico, Nick Gonzalez on the back end, uh, some, some great players, just team defense, John Collins. Uh, they slowed down that St. Margaret's team just enough. I believe it was 17-7, but what I remember from this game was a goal line stand, maybe two, but there was, it seemed like every time St. Margaret's would get to the end zone, uh, towards the end zone, in the red zone, inside the 10, Rio Hondo would make a stand. I remember a Joe Padilla interception in the back of the end zone some uh, some point in this game. Uh, Bill Baumgartner playing both ways, uh, be, being impactful. Uh, just a great football game. A game, again, that Rio Hondo wasn't supposed to win. If you look at it on paper, unfortunately, the game's not played on paper, and it never rains on paper. So Rio Hondo won that game to advance to the second consecutive CIF championship game i remember hugging my brother after the game and he told me he was crying he's like we're going back we're going back after losing in 2004 to hamilton the huge upset of saint margaret's in 2005 was definitely one of the top games in rhp playoff history so number five i'm a little biased here and maybe this game should be higher but it's eight man it was the last eight man championship it was joshua springs in 2001 in my junior season we were uh, we, we, we were a nine and two football team had not won, uh, had a great season, excuse me, eight and three and, uh, three losses at the time. We were the most, we may still be this team to have the most losses of any championship team. We, we had some losses in league play, barely got in the playoffs, but we went on a run beating uh, Hesperia Christian at home all the way up uh, to Kings Christian in Fresno. That was quite a trip, beat them in the semis and then took on Joshua Springs in the finals who was undefeated. Had, had not been in a close game all year, had a ton of transfers from Yucca Valley High School, I believe, and had the CIF player of the year in Colin Woodbury, who did end up rushing for like over 200 yards against us, faked me out of my socks literally like uh, early in the game uh, to their first touchdown. But we turned it around. We got a few fumbles uh, on, on, uh, the, on, a, on a defense and then the ensuing kickoff after we scored. We took them to overtime. And this game had an eerily similar feel to the 1977 championship game between Montclair Prep and Rio Hondo Prep, which didn't go into triple overtime. And Rio was victorious that night as well. We beat Joshua Springs. We stopped them in overtime. Uh, 25-yard line uh, overtime was was still new to them. They went four and out. We stopped them on fourth down. Uh, 
Uh, I think I sniffed out the screen to Woodbury and I, I like, I missed the tackle, but our good friend Landon Goodwill was out there to clean it up as a freshman. We stopped Joshua Springs on four downs and then we were in the end zone in three plays to win Rio Hondo Prep's 10th CIF championship and last one of the 11-man era. So that home game against Joshua Springs in 2001, I'm a little partial to, but I think anybody was there, you would uh, you would remember it and say, you know what, that was one heck of a football game. And we, we, we sent the eight-man era out in style with a huge upset of Joshua Springs. I put this game higher, but there's been some other great games in 11-man that I want to talk about. Uh, number four, Mission Prep in 2012. Now, in that year, week zero, Rio Hondo Prep goes to Arcadia, dominates the Apaches. Things are looking great. We got a super talented Rio Hondo Prep team. The following week, Mission Prep from San Luis Obispo comes into Arcadia to Carefield and absolutely embarrasses Rio Hondo Prep. 40-something to nothing. Maybe it was 49 to 7. It was something ridiculous. A huge letdown after Rio Hondo had beaten their in in city rivals, crosstown rivals, not really rivals because they never played before. But after the big game, probably the biggest regular season game in school history, uh, leading up to that, they had beaten Arcadia. Mission Prep comes in and just dominates them, just puts up points left and right. And uh, Rio's left scratching their heads like, wait, what, what happened? How's the season going to go? Fast forward to December. They meet in the CAF finals. Mission Prep again comes to Carefield, a packed house. Uh, the whole city of San Luis Obispo is there. Uh, a full house indeed mission prep and Rio go back and forth mission prep has a bomb on like the second or third play of the game. Uh, Nate Tycho then breaks one. He has a long, long touchdown run just back and forth. Um, who was mission prep had a, a fluky touchdown at the end, the last play of the first half that kind of kept the game either tied or they took the lead, but it was the second half where mission prep was shut out. Didn't score a point and Rio Hondo prep avenged the only loss of the season uh, to mission prep from week one, week two, whatever you want to call it, in a huge turn of events. You can't change 40, 40 points, right, uh, in a season. Well, Rio, in fact, did, did that. They not only played with mission prep in the finals, but they beat them. Huge upset. Again, another huge upset in Rio Hondo playoff history. And that was, in fact, the last CAF championship that Rio has won. It's hard to believe that it's been uh, 10 years here. But, uh, hey, that put Rio Hondo on the map. I think that was... Let me see. That was that would have been three titles in five years. You throw in a 2009 runner-up in there as well. That was a really magical run the Rio Hondo had, and an amazing senior class really that helped take Rio Hondo in, into that that next level because uh, they were around for a lot of those other games as well in 2011, the CF Championship. But as far as a singular game. The upset of Mission Prep in 2012 to win Rio's second consecutive CAF championship after losing to them by 40 plus points in, in week one, week two, excuse me, was just phenomenal. Okay, to number three, I'm going to go with Campbell Hall in 2005, the very first CAF championship in Rio Hondo Prep's 11 man era. They lost to Hamilton the year before. They came back, they beat Campbell Hall at Birmingham High School 10 to 7. 10 to 7. Uh, it was a field goal by Trevor. Finchamp, Finch, excuse me, Finch, sorry, Trevor, sorry, <laughs> Trevor Finchamp that uh, sealed the deal for the Cares. It wasn't late. They kind of kicked it in the middle of the game, but uh, Bill Baumgartner had a lot of the carries uh, there for Real Hondo. Kurt Coulter, I think he scored the touchdown from a great pass from Will Tarico on a, on a kind of a, was it a wheel route? I'm trying to remember. Anyway, all these details, guys, are just floating through my head. But it was a Real Hondo defense that held Campbell Hall to seven points team defense i think rio got like five turnovers in that game nick gonzalez had a clutch interception towards the end uh mr drain called his infamous uh fake reverse play that he loved bill Baumgartner uh, getting i think uh, a late first down for the cares and uh rio hondo after knocking down a hail mary from campbell hall with uh, less than a second left won their first ever 11 man championship a year after maybe arguably the the best most talented team Rio has had in 04 came up short the juniors and sophomores from that team came back the next year and won Rio's first uh first 11 man championship fun fact from that year um they lost one game by one point and that was the only game according to captain Will Tarico that they lost the coin toss on I don't know how you win 13 out of 14 coin tosses but Rio did it and uh, eerily it was the only game they lost they went they they 
Lost to Arrowhead Christian earlier in the year, 28-27, by a point after going for two and missing it late. So uh, number three on the list. Some, some of you guys are going to get mad at me. Why isn't this higher on the list? How's this number three? Well, I'll tell you why it's not, it's not higher on the list. And this wasn't a championship game. This was a semifinal. But it was the 2009 game against Salesian um, at Carefield. Salesian dressed like 60-something dudes, big, nasty dudes, kind of dirty. And uh, this was the game before that. Uh, CIF championship game, Linfield Christian. Uh, it was to me the guttiest performance I've ever seen by a real Hondo team. They lost not just their starting quarterback, but their second string quarterback as well. Uh, Chris Yamas, JT Parker injured in the game. Uh, Chaz Hannah had to come in the game. Excuse me, Chaz, not Chaz. Sorry. I mixed up the Hannahs. Jake Hannah, Jake Hannah, his other brother who I coach. I remember Jake, Jake was taking snaps uh, as an eighth grader when we were coaching him. He said, like, I want to play quarterback. And we had the other guys and we're like, sure, man, you play quarterback. Uh, you know, you get in there, get some action. Little did we know that he would come into play in the semifinal after not taking a snap, probably since eighth grade. And, uh, you know, didn't lead a drive or anything, but manage the game. It's not always tough taking the snap, distributing the ball. And uh, Jake Hanna gets in there late as the quarterback. There was a fumble. Le- I think Andrew Amundsen stripped Salesian as they're going in for the potential win. It was 20 to 14, I believe. So they probably would have won the game. Uh, there were freshmen in there. Uh, guys like Sebi Rosales. I don't know if he was a freshman. But just, again, it's all blending together. But Rio Hondo used like every player they had. They had like 25 guys like normal. Salesian had like 60, 70 dudes. They got there early. They're tailgating. And uh, Rio Hondo should not have won the game. They shouldn't have won the game. But again, it was about turnovers. It was about toughness. And Salesian, pretty dirty in the, during the game, a lot of penalties, um, but injured a few real guys. And it was the grittiest performance I've ever seen in Real Hondo Prep history. Um, they just hung on. They hung on and really exemplified that Rio toughness in that 2009 semifinal game. So that's why that game is so high for me. Um, wasn't a championship, but it got Rio to the finals uh, after winning the championship the year before and Salesian was big and bad and really thought they were going to push around Rio and Rio pushed back, fought back and did not back down. So that game is incredible, memorable for me for that reason. Okay. The number one playoff game in real Hondo history. I was not there. I wasn't even born yet, but I've seen it many times on camera. And that's the 1977 championship game against Montclair prep triple overtime. Rio's only loss in the regular season was to Montclair prep earlier that year. Montclair prep also ended Rio's season the year before, I believe in the semifinals. So pretty intense rivalry, uh, real hondo prep. It's a back and forth game. They scored with under two minutes left. Chuck Mariotti uh, around the right end on a, on a trick play called from Randall Johnson on a short yardage situation. Just an amazing, amazing game. Um, a game really that you can't talk about real hondo prep football and its history without mentioning that game, probably the craziest, wildest, best game ever uh, at Carefield. And for those of you that were there, that got to see it. I'm very envious of you. I've seen it on camera many, many times. You can see it on YouTube on the Real Hondo Prep football uh, page. Uh, Montclair Prep was so confident they were going to win the game, which they had done earlier in the year, that they brought in a professional film crew to document the game. And after Rio upset them, Rio ended up purchasing that film from them from the professional film crew and it's one of the uh, best pieces of uh of film that rio rio has and uh it's funny how you look at the 77 film and it was eight man it was you know 30 40 years ago but there's some similarities there to the real hondo of today some things never change right and uh the tradition and, and the excellence of the real hondo program uh definitely shines bright brightly today uh because of games from the past and guys on that team were you know scott weidman Gary Shintaku, Mike Murphy, uh, Jim Hanna, Mike McGarren. I'm going to forget somebody. I know uh, um, Craig Klingman, who's been on this show before to talk about that game. Uh, just some amazing, amazing players uh, that, um, you know, you, you look at that. I remember growing up watching that game. We always go to Mount Care and we'd watch that game up at Mount Care because uh, our coaches basically played in that game. And um, just a, an amazing, amazing memory. And so those are my top 10 playoff memories i put the 70 the 77 game is the only game i put in there that i was not at that i didn't see uh in person because i did get to see it on film so that's why i put that one in there i'm sure you guys have a few in there uh from the fans that that you think 
uh, maybe deserve a little bit uh, recognition. So if you do, no big deal, send them my way. But I just wanted to uh, mention that today as we kind of build up to this big playoff game on Friday night against Charter Oak. Guys, I just want to say this, this is a lot of fun. This is a lot of fun to talk real hondo football and to promote the program and to just share some memories. And it's been great getting the fan interaction. I really appreciate all of the comments I've received on Facebook, on YouTube. Um, it, it's just to see where this has gone is just truly a blessing for me. I didn't realize and think that I'd be talking real hondo football all the time, but I love it. It's something I want to do every year. Uh, it's not always easy with my schedule, but I'm going to make it happen. Uh, my goal for this Friday goal <laughs> is to get to the game. Um, I want to do some interviews. I want to talk to coach Carson before the game, maybe after the game, I want to do a halftime report. So keep your eye out on social media, keep your eye out on uh, Facebook live specifically where I will be doing some videos uh, pregame halftime and postgame. Uh, I'll try to, I'm going to get there probably at like six 30. So I'm going to have a lot to do in a short time. Um, so bear with me there, but I want to put out some content. If maybe you're in the stands uh, watching the game and you want to check out the Facebook live at halftime or whatever, by all means do so. Uh, but I can't wait for this game. I, I can't, I, as somebody who grew up less than, I don't know, a mile from Charter Oak High School, this is special. Um, I, I don't know. I, I was texting someone the other day saying, you know, I'm, it's kind of an emotional passion I'm going through right now. Like this is, you never want to make a bigger deal about something that it is, but this is a big deal. And there's been some media posting about the game and how, you know, Charter Oak cannot lose this game. Um, and how I don't, the thing about Charter Oak is I don't think they're taking real Hondo lightly. I, I don't, I think they're smarter than that. Um, real Hondo prep is definitely not taking Charter Oak lightly. Um, they're very talented. They got a lot of players, good size, great athleticism. I just, I just can't wait for this game. And I, I, I've been working all day and thinking it's just on my mind all day. And um, I'm just like, man, get me to Friday night. Uh, I don't know what I want more. Do I want it, Do I want seven o'clock to roll around or do I want nine 30 to be here? Do I want to know the result? I think the game is still at seven, seven 30. Check your don't, don't listen to me. Check your uh, websites and match preps and confirm the game time. Cause I'm not positive if it's seven or seven 30 as uh, as we are at press time right now as we're about to push this out there so um i'm just i'm nervous guys it's all i'm all, all i'm all i'm thinking about i want to put this in perspective for you guys i would take a real hondo victory on friday night over a rams super bowl anytime a super bowl win but specifically this year when the super bowl super bowl is in sofi stadium in los angeles the first super bowl in sofi um, it would be awesome if the Rams were in it and to get there, but you know what? I, as much as I love the Rams, I, I honestly, I, I could care less about the Rams right now. I really could. If you told me they're going to lose their remaining, uh, nine games, miss the playoffs. I'd take it. I'd take it in a heartbeat. I, I want, I always want Rio to hang a banner, but I think this game, as I mentioned, is bigger than a banner. It's the battle for Wingate park. It's the, the clash on, on Cypress Avenue. It's, it, it's like poetry in a way. This is a story you just could not put on paper. No one would believe it. I'm not trying to be overly dramatic here, but let it think, let it sink in real Hondo's playing charter Oak. I can't tell you how many times I said, man, I, I hope they play someday. And now it's a playoff game and they get to, I hope the game lives up to the buildup. It's not one team just running away with it. And, um, you know, it being kind of a weird night. I think Rohondo's up for a tough test here. Charter Rock's going to spread the ball around. They're going to get their athletes in space. Rohondo's got some great athletes too. And like any good football game, this game is going to be decided up front. The men in the trenches. You can have all the fancy plays and, uh, you know, crazy coverages you want. Special teams, trickeration. This is all about the men up front. Trench warfare. That O-line, that D-line. I know Rio's only got like three down linemen typically, and they got a lot of guys blitzing, but um, any interaction there in the interior linemen, 
that's what's going to decide the game. Obviously, you know, playing assignment football, not letting guy around the end or, or real, you know, busting a big play here and there, but throughout the course of the game, who's tougher, who can execute when they're exhausted, who wants it more. It's not just being energetic and passionate and, ah, we want to win. It's laser focus, doing what you do, being consistent in your process, being excellent. I can't wait for it, man. I, I can't. I think of those, those seniors, that amazing senior class, Jonathan Guerrero, Damian Diaz, Gio Ortega, um, Jaden Sanchez, Ray Monte, all these guys, Royal Young, Paul Lena, an amazing senior class, Calvin Johnson. Don't let me, I mean, I forget some guys, you know, I, I hate, I hate listing some cause I'll forget some too, but those guys and their leadership throughout this season after struggling through the pandemic shortened season last year, it's been inspiring. And I think right now, this is the right group of guys to take this huge step for real Hondo prep. They're the right guys. And I want every real Hondo fan that can to get out to this game on Friday night. There may not be a bigger one than this. It may be a while down the road. This isn't a championship game. This isn't a semifinal. It's a first round game, but it's so much more than that. It's a charge to keep against the chargers. It's, it's not just bragging rights. It's two legendary programs clashing. Some would say, oh, they'll never play each other because of the different divisions. Well, they're in the same division this year. Real Hondo's, again, probably one of the higher divisions for some reason um, than a lot of other area schools. And you know what? That's fine. They embrace the challenge. They've wanted this opportunity for years. And I, do, I feel bad for the people that are out of town that can't get to this game, can't watch it because you can't do Facebook Live, I believe, with CIF. But I encourage everybody, do what you can to get to this game. Let's pack Charter Oak on Friday night. Let's pack that place. And be loud. Don't be looking at your phone. Don't be, have your head elsewhere. Let's laser focus as a fan base. Let's get crazy for every snap. Every man, woman, and child. Let's go. Let's go. Beat the Chargers. Make us proud. You guys have already made us proud. The players on Friday have an opportunity to make the biggest statement Real Hondo's ever had. I truly believe that. This game, you won't hang a banner for it. But if Real Hondo can beat Charter Oak, it will basically solidify everything Rio's done in the past. It won't be some fluke. You guys just play in small school football. You don't, you never play anybody. This game would put all those doubters to bed. I know it's just one game. Could Rio do this at an entire season, play in this league or that league? Leave that all up to the doubters. But Friday night, I don't want to say pressure. It's, a, it's an opportunity for these kids, these players, these coaches to make so much noise, to wave that Real Hondo Prep banner, for that crest to shine. It's the biggest game in Real Hondo Prep history. Make no mistake about it. I cannot wait, guys. I'll be there. My heart is with you. And I, uh, man, people are, why do you care so much about your high school? What's the big deal? Well, I guess all I can say is if you're asking that question, you just don't get it. And I feel bad for you that you don't have that connection to your high school football program that maybe I do as a 36 year old 
young man. Not so young anymore. I've never been this excited in my life. And I'm just so thrilled that these guys get the opportunity that so many prep players before them would have died for. Our hearts are with you guys. I can't wait. Enjoy every, enjoy it. Enjoy every second. You're going to make us proud. Rio Hondo prep. Represent on Friday night, man. Represent. Good luck, fellas. Godspeed. And beat the Chargers. A charge to keep, I have. A God to glorify. A never dying soul to save. And fit it for the sky. Arm me with jealous care as in thy sight to live. And O thy servant, Lord, prepare a strict account to give.